Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode 201, 201, Charlotte's number one podcast recorded in a basement. We are now also recording via Zoom, but yes, this is I, Gerald Nation. Welcome back, and we've got with us Jeeves. How you doing? Uh, we're doing good. Um, I can give you guys an update on the breaking news that I had last week. That was going to be my question, Jeeves. Okay. Uh, the co-worker left on Monday, came back this following Monday, uh, ate tests because he didn't show any of the symptoms. So he basically just quarantined at his house for, what, left Monday, came back, so it's what, seven days, six, seven days, six, five, five, six days. So he's all good. Uh, the person that Came in contact with him that had it, is on the ups. Um, she's apparently, from what he's saying, that she's doing good. She was she, she was doing good by, I think, Wednesday, Thursday. But uh, we're, we're, we're doing good. So for those who don't know, Jeeves came in contact with somebody at work that had been in contact with somebody with the COVID. Yep. So short and sweet, they didn't get tested because they didn't have any symptoms. Yeah, my coworker didn't get tested. Okay, so you okay, so you could still it could still be carrying it, but you you you're still feeling all right though. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling all right. All right. Uh, and I asked him on Monday, and he said that he never showed any symptoms or anything like that, and it was all good. But he took the precautions out upon himself, and what the manager of work said. All right. Well, it's good for you, Jeeves. Where can you be found if you want to be uh, found? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeeves1988. All right. Duval, the phone man, back again. <laughs> yes, and uh, it is still covered, and I still don't plan on getting a haircut, even though there's folks open up this week. You will see me in a hat for a long time, uh, maybe all through the summer. We'll see what happens. But uh, if you're, uh, I'm doing well, and if you're looking for me, um, it's Rod vs. Duval on Twitter and just Duval on Instagram. All right, so Duvall, when do you, if everything goes as planned for North Carolina, and Phase 2 should happen Friday, if not Friday, maybe in a couple weeks or whatever, when do you plan on getting a haircut? When will you feel comfortable getting a haircut? Um, I told myself probably when I go back to work. Now, <laughs> I don't go back to work in the office until late in the year or early next year. I'll at least, I think I hopefully will feel comfortable enough to at least get one by my birthday. So right now we're looking at late August. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, like I said, now unless like there's a situation where like things clear up completely in July and everything's fine and people are really like it's really on the up and up, then I'll do it. They pretty much open up everything and you know I'll I may may do a little something there, but for right now it's going to be a while. All right. It's going to be a while. Fair enough. So you're just going to rock the hats. 
trim the beard yourself and, and just see what happens. Yeah. Now, one thing I can tell you is, it's like throughout the day and stuff. Of course, I just have my hair out. Yeah. And uh, one thing that's going to be funny is, is my mom. Um, I still go by and see them, and I still go like walk with my dad because I don't go anywhere. But um, they're doing fine as well. But every every Sunday, she takes a picture to see the progress, <laughs> like like week two to week three, or <laughs> everything from my beard to everything. So okay, yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, Corey's back. I guess what about a month, month and a half from your last visit. It is. Yeah. How, how I I did notice. It looks like you went forward with the house purchase. We did. Yeah. We're actually, just packing them now. Oh, nice, nice. Well, congrats to that. Thank you. So, how you been? We're doing good. I'm actually working on 100,000 cameras for Fox Sports, and it's the first job in about two months. Oh well, I mean, well, that's good. I appreciate you taking your no. hour, hour, some change then to stop on by and chat it up. You know it. Well, then, yeah. Speaking of that, NASCAR race. Typical NASCAR form comes back strong on Sunday, and then it's pouring race rain tonight, and they got to push it to Thursday, and they'll probably do the same dance tomorrow. So we'll see. But yeah, where can you be found if you want to be found, Corey? Well, if uh, anybody's looking, which most likely they're not, it's <laughs> C O R E Y Corey S Frost on Twitter. All right, for me, J Roll Nation Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast on. Twitter or the Beards Watch podcast on Facebook, and then the Beards Watch on Twitter and Instagram, and they see me rolling our YouTube that has all our reaction videos. One year ago was the Game of Thrones series finale, so that one was sure popular with a lot of people, where we all went ape shit because of how bad and how good and how just mind boggling it was. The ending, Panther game reactions, our draft reactions. And all that stuff. So subscribe and then catch us on Sound, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that good stuff, the Beards Watch podcast. And Corey, I'll leave it up to you to intro the guest you uh, brought along here. Oh, man. Uh, well, today we have my cousin slash brother from another mother, Luke Parker Enid. Okay. Yes. So who's, is it your mom or dad's brother or sister? Who's my mom's his, uh, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> so it's your mom's brother yes okay and he's Luke's what what are you like six months older than, older than me yeah the story is that Corey's mom was babysitting for my parents so they could go out to dinner or something bent over to pick me up out of the crib and her water broke. I don't know how true any of that is. But oh, worry. Oh. So we're we have a, we have a very close connection going way back. I thought I, when you started that story, I thought you were going to say the parents came over to watch me so they could go out and have a special evening, and then that's how Corey was conceived or something like yeah, that. That's what I was, <laughs> I was too old <laughs> uh, He was actually conceived on the back of a tra- uh, trailer bunk. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, appreciate. Yeah, like I said Corey was uh, pushing it. He told me you're a big Dolphins fan, big draft guy. And so first, so did you? I saw where are you living now? Are you in Tennessee? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer there. Uh, been here about I guess 
seven or eight years now. Okay. Uh, originally from Florida, where obviously Corey and I both grew up. Okay. So you guys grew up like down the street or driving distance or what was it? Yeah, literally down the street. Okay, nice. Yeah, probably uh, within walking distance. We used to ride bikes to each other's yeah. houses. I remember I cried one day when his mom said I couldn't come over. Oh yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> but that's a pretty I mean that's a pretty cool experience to have your cousin living in a bike ride distance to be able to, you know, shoot hoops, throw the football, hang out, video games, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Corey always had the video games and I didn't. So I would go over and play video games. But then he'd come over I had more kids in my neighborhood, so he'd come over and we'd play football in the yard and stuff like that. Nice. It was, you know, pretty I guess like idyllic way to grow up. Yeah. So when did when did the separation happen? Was it college? Was it? Uh, yeah, I guess it was college. I, I was a year ahead of him in school, so I went off. Uh, I went to the University of Tennessee, um, and then the, a year later he, he went to Orlando, um, and then I, I I was at UT for two years, and then came back to Florida to finish at Florida State. Uh, so we were a little bit closer distance-wise, but I mean, we, we always keep in touch. Yeah. Um, you know, find new ways to do that now. So usually I, I just tag him on stupid stuff on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you went to UT for two years and then said, all right, why did you end up going transferring to Florida State? Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that if I had to do it again, I, I probably would have stayed. Yeah. But at that time of my life, there were just some things going on that felt way more important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all my friends from high school were at Florida State. So, you know, there was a, a comfort level there that yeah. I didn't, you know, I never really got to at Tennessee. I mean, some of my, my best friends in the world to this day are, are guys that I grew with in the dorms my first year at UT. But, uh, you know, for some reason at, at that time of my life, it just didn't feel right. Uh, I did actually end up coming back to law school, so yeah. you know, it, sort of, it was a happy ending. Yeah. But, uh, and I had a lot of fun at Florida State. You know? I mean, there's no, no denying that. But, you know, it's it just one of those things I think you look back on. I try not to ever regret a decision I've made, but it's one of those things you look back on and say, well, maybe I should have Yeah. Okay, so you were there. Go to Florida State, finish your undergrad, and what did you graduate with? Uh, it was uh, uh, political science and social science, so I've uh, always been really interested in politics and government and things like that. Okay. Um, and, you know, yeah, so went on and worked for a few years, uh, and then had, you know, when I was little, kind of always wanted to go to law school. It didn't really feel right when I graduated, so, you know, knowing the time commitment and the financial commitment, I just felt like if you don't feel like it's right, then it's not something you should jump into. Yeah. I worked for about three years, uh, you know, doing some campaign work, some nonprofit stuff, and then Okay, so then, yeah, so then you go to law school, and now what are you doing? So I practice, uh, I'm with a firm here in Knoxville. We do a lot of healthcare law. Okay. Mostly representing doctors and the various things that doctors run into. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting work. You I go into work every day sort of not knowing what's ahead of me, and I get to learn a lot about different areas of medicine that, you know, I've never been exposed to. And that it's, it's, you know, if you're going to practice law, the medical field is really interesting because 
and their case is the same as another. So is is your business booming right now? Yeah, you know it's it's weird. Uh, I know I get all these alerts about some of the. You know, we've got about twenty people in our law firm. There's some like huge firms nationwide that are like cutting salaries and uh, you know furloughing staff and stuff like that. And we haven't really. I don't know if it's because we represent the medical industry or, or what, but we just haven't really felt the downtick yet. I, I think I have a feeling that ours might be coming in the next couple of months. Um, you know, as as doctors, you know, had the layoff staff or whatever are kind of slowly ramping back up. But for right now, it's been sort of normal. Um, you know, I was able to work from home. Uh, you know, my wife works at a hospital. So really, other than not being able to like go out and get a beer, our life was pretty normal. Yeah. For the last month and month and a half. So. Okay. But you should ask him, uh, you guys should ask him when he's getting his next haircut. Oh, man. <laughs> we're, we're shooting him straight with the vodka tonight. Yeah, I know. That's what I got to say. Corey, Corey jumped on, went straight with vodka, got a shot already next to him. I said, man, it's been a Tuesday for my man right now, so... Well, I was going to say, I didn't realize until I got in here, it actually looks like I'm filming from a bunker. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just moved into a house a few months ago and just haven't Yeah. It was funny. The first the first couple months this was going on, we had Jeeves on, and he had the same background as you, basically. And we gave him hell for the That's next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then finally he put up he put up a, a blanket with the Panthers, and he threw up some jerseys and stuff. So... Since it's your first time, we'll let yeah, we'll let Corey give the give the trash talk out on this one. <laughs> I do have a, a sports question since I know you, you talked about the Dolphins. So going to Tennessee and going to Florida State, which one do you kind of prefer? Are, are you you, yeah. you can't be split down the heart. It's got to be one that kind of more than the other. Um, People always ask that because, you know, the 98 national championship was between Tennessee and Florida State. So my mom is from Tennessee, and my parents went to uh, UT. So I, I grew up a Tennessee football fan. Um, you know, growing up as a Tennessee fan in Florida in the 90s when you were, you know, going back and forth with the Gators every year, it was, you know, just really sort of cemented that fandom for me. And I think Florida State was, uh, it was one of those things where if you had to pick a Florida school, that's that's the one. Uh, so we always kind of rooted for Florida State. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely a Tennessee fan, first and foremost. My wife is not. <laughs> She's a big Florida State fan. So hopefully, you know, they both get back to the, the level where they're playing for national championships. But that would be not a fun night in our house. Yeah, so you, I mean, Tennessee football's kind of been, whew, it's been rough. It's been terrible. Rough yeah. these past, at least, at least you had the one Florida State natty, what, about five years ago, I think? Yeah, yeah, and I think so. Five, yeah, it's, Corey and I actually talk about this a lot because, you know, we're, we're both big Dolphins fans, and that, um, you know, that's been a whole other, you know, ball of misery. But it's, it's, you know, interesting. I think Tennessee and Florida State, they both sort of get rid of these, idyllic, you know, these, these icons of coaching. And it was sort of that, they were sort of the end of that era where coaches got a little bit of leash, I feel like. Now it's, it's a quick turnaround. What have you done for me lately? And, uh, you know, I think both of them were sort of reeling from, from those decisions. 
Um, and, you know, Florida State had, you know, they sort of recovered a little bit, but I think uh, in the recent histories, you know, I don't want to back on the way that people thought. So I think, you know, the good thing, good thing is I think Tennessee's finally got the right coach. Of course, we've said that before. <laughs> it's, it's different this time. Uh, and, you know, the recruiting seems to be going well. So, you know, you know, the thing I like about him is he just seems to be a football coach. Rich Jones sold us all a bunch of, you know, stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, this guy doesn't really seem to care about any of that. He just wants to coach football. So. And, you know, I think the Dolphins is, you know, Corey and I talk about this too, it feels sort of the same way. It just, just feels different. I don't know. So you you, ju- you jump into the Dolphins. So uh, before we get into Dolphins, so if there was a head-to-head matchup, you're choosing Tennessee over Florida State? Yeah, any day of the week. Okay. Okay, fair enough. But but during the season when they're just playing their own separate SEC ACC schedules, you'll cheer for both of them until they until they match up. Yeah, I mean I'm a, I'm definitely a, a bigger Tennessee fan in that regard too. You know, like like I take the losses personally. And okay. Still looking okay. for. Um, you know, I I like to see four State do well. Okay. Nothing that I don't lose much sleep over those games. Okay. Let's, let's be real. That Florida State is irrelevant, and the UCF Knights are now the number one school in the state of Florida. <laughs> and nobody and nobody's touching them. <laughs> hey, hey. They had their time. The Seminoles had their time. The Gators had their time. It is over. I think. Champions, right? Yeah, I think also Corey, you could take a little bit of uh, blame for igniting Joe Burrow. Because wasn't it the year before when the LSU played UCF and they demolished Joe Burrow at LSU, and then since then he hadn't lost a game? You know, I'm going to go ahead and take that as a win. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember sitting there at the bar watching that game, and I remember he threw that pick six, and he got de and he was bleeding and everything. And I was like, who is this guy? And lo and behold, he turned it around to number one overall pick. In the last – Several years, the, the Knights have gone undefeated champions and created one of the greatest college quarterbacks in history. There you go. There you go. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Corey, we talked to you before the draft, a couple weeks before. You were all on the on the Tua train. Hopefully, he was going to fall. It never, I had never had a doubt in my mind that he was going to be there at the Dolphins. It was a perfect storm with the injury that happened. I don't know if the injury doesn't happen. Does he slide to you guys? Does a tr- team be more willing to trade up? It worked out perfect. You got Tua. We can start Luke or Corey first. Your initial when the pick happened, how you feeling? I mean, Luke does have the shirt on, so we kind of know how he's feeling, but. <laughs> We'll go. We'll start with Corey then. Corey, how how did you feel after that pick? Well, I will say, and Luke will attest to this, is I wasn't a hundred percent all in on Tua originally. Okay. I think free injury. Everybody was saying tank for Tua and all this. And my text to Luke, and we could probably pull up the records. It was, well, what if this guy gets injured? Why is everybody like on this bandwagon? Like, there's no guarantee for a college quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he does get injured, and I, I was even more hesitant. But I think out of any quarterback the Dolphins have taken in the since Marino era, um, this is one kid that the fan base is ignited about and something Miami hasn't seen in years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, 
Corey and I were talking a lot about it, and if he does get injured, he's he's probably the the number one overall pick. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow had such a historic year, but you know, Tua was the consensus number one overall player. And, you know, who knows if he doesn't get hurt where he ends up finishing and everything. But it was, I mean, I was terrified of the pick. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's it's just, and you, the thing you have to realize is, Dolphins fans, we have this this Drew Brees. Like Dante Culpepper syndrome, you know, where we, we, we missed out on Breeze because of the injury. And so, so much of it, uh, I feel like the pick is just like this Arctic like, experience for everybody. Like, finally, we're, we're on the right track. We got our guy. It could blow up in our, in our faces, <laughs> to be honest. But it, it just it feels like it was the, the best and the right thing to do at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was just, even with the injuries, the talent there, it just – I don't know what kind of player to compare him to because it's one of those – like if he can give you – let's just say he can give you a a solid Cam Newton 10 years at his peak in a way. That's all you would really – I mean, what more can you – an Andrew Luck season. Let's even say Andrew Luck. Let's say that, you know, because he had his injuries. If you can get an Andrew Luck, what was that, like eight, nine seasons? Yeah. That to me is still a success, though you didn't win a Super Bowl, but compared to what – you guys have kind of gone through it, at least would give you something to cheer for. You know what I mean? So, and it seems like you've got Fitzpatrick sitting there and he seems like a good guy to at least help groom him. And he's not too good where he's, if he does beat him out initially, it's not going to be past week six until Tua at least gets on the field. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about this. I know for Dolphins fans, it's like we had Marina and then we've been trying to replace Marina for like, 30 years, you yeah. know, and, you know, I know that with the Panthers, you know, you get Bell home for the, the Super Bowl season, and then, but then you sort of had your guy, you know, it's just, how does it, you know, are you guys sort of finding yourself in that space now where it's like, who's the next guy, or? It's, we're, we're in a very weird spot, because <laughs> as, as soon as they, as soon as they cut Cam, in that scenario, we're all thinking, okay, they're going to roll with their third round pick from last year, maybe sign a a scrub veteran or something to compete, hence a tank for Trevor or a tank for Justin Fields, something along those lines. And then all of a sudden they go out and give this big money. Well, not too big of a money. It's $20 million a year, so it's not high-end starting quarterback money to Teddy Bridgewater. And it goes, oh, he he just took you from a two-win, one-win team to maybe a six-win team, which may put you out of the choice of the number one pick where you can choose your guy. So... We don't really – we're kind of – there's a lot of people who are split. They, they just want to see the team do good and Teddy do good. But then the other fan base is, well, we just signed a 28-year-old or 27-year-old journeyman quarterback. What are we doing? If he's not the quarterback of the future, why did we do this? The defense is absolutely terrible. I mean, there's nobody on the defense besides the couple draft picks they had. And, again, draft picks are just a – we'll wait and see. We got your boy Brian Burns, who seems to have some promise. But, again, we're just waiting to see. So, I don't know. We're in a flux right now. I'm still angry with how they treated some of the greatest players in our franchise history. It just it's, – it's really fast. It's almost like – I don't know if anybody ever went through, like, when you were dating a girl and then you broke up with her and within a week – or you saw your, your boy, they said they loved this girl, then they broke up with the girl, and then they're with another girl and a week later, and you're just like, I can't get my head around this. Like – <laughs> like I need time to process. I didn't even have time to process getting rid of our the greatest player in franchise history, and now I got to cheer for a for another guy who nothing against Teddy Bridgewater, but it's just like 
I wasn't ready to compete. If we were going to be trash, let's just see what the third-round pick has and be trash and maybe get another quarterback. So I'm still processing, still a little bit of anger, but I'll let Duvall say how he's feeling. Yeah, I'll add to it. It's still a little bit of – it's it's just weird. And I think that's the best way you can yeah. put it. Uh, as far as, you know, nothing against Teddy B or anything like that. I want to see him do great too. But I, I, I do feel for him. Just, I feel like it's a certain way, a certain ounce of respect that you need to handle certain players. I mean, it's just – I understand, and, and, and Cam, as well as Greg and some other players, they understand it's business, but it's a certain way to treat people. You know, they're still human. No matter how much money they make, no matter how many accolades they get, they're still human. And that stuff still is going to hurt. Um, I think as much as I hurt now, it's going to hurt even more when I see him play for another team. I think that's the thing that's going to – like right now, I'm, I'm okay, but the second that I get that alert that he's signed to – L.A. Or no, he's going to New England. Denver. He's going to New England. Yeah, he <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's. Go- if he was going to go there, he, he probably should have already been signed. I no. I think I think teams are waiting. They re- for some reason there's there's. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries, so they want to see him work out. And sure. I think right now with the COVID going, they can't officially work him out, and they want to really see is is this guy up at 100 percent or not? Is, is my best guess. I heard a, a, a take sort of similar to that on a, a, a you know podcast I was listening to when they said because of his he's the kind of guy you want to get in the room and look in the eye and make sure he's got the fire to still play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, careful. That's still a fresh wound. For it, is, it is. It is. It is still a fresh wound. But then, like I said, then you have the other fan base who's, like I said, rallying around Teddy B and all that kind of stuff. And I know Teddy B's catching a lot of stray bullets and a lot of stray heat. Um, but it's just, like I said, we've gone from a whole owner, a new owner, new coach, new thing. So it's like, it's just, it's just very hard to like, just transform your brain to not see, you know, Luke Keekley retired and all that kind of stuff to transfer over to a whole new team. And, and now you can't really see anybody in any jerseys or uniforms. No one's practicing. No one's really working out. You're just seeing, like, small clips of them in a park or something like that. But, you know, I brought up when Corey was on how I, I – it's it's very eerie to me of how similar the, the Nick Saban Dolphins started and this Matt Rule Panthers started – you know, again, people right now will, will say Nick Saban, and he is probably the greatest college coach of all time. But at the time with the Dolphins, holy moly, he was getting destroyed and ripped for move after move and coaching decisions. I hope the Matt Rule era can translate over, but I keep having this weird thing of what happens when that Penn State job where he walked on at comes open in a couple of years? Is he going to want to go to that? I don't know. I mean, he signed for seven years, but they can get after it after four if he wants to go to a, a, a back to college. I mean, I just don't know. So I guess my question to you, Luke, is how – what was it like at the beginning of that, you know, the the Nick Saban spot, and how did you feel to then how it ended, like your range of emotions on that stance? Yeah, so I guess at that time Saban was at LSU – so I think he just won a national championship. So we were getting, you know, the quote-unquote best college coach at the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I think, I mean, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I feel like everyone was pretty excited. I know that that first year, the the you know the, the, the 
right? But it seemed like there was there was sort of building towards something really positive. And you know, there was all these stories about how he he's such a control freak and he, he can't really do that with NFL players and stuff like that. But really, I mean, I think what it came down to was they they could not take Culpepper over Drew Brees. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's a whole. You know, Corey and I talked about this the other day. You know, the whole NFL maybe looks different. They make a different decision. The college football might look different. Maybe he stays in Miami. Uh, you know, so it was it was definitely like a, a sort of a disappointing end. And I think the way he went out, you know, that was you'll remember he was had all those press conferences where he was saying, "I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama and all that kind of stuff." So, you know, it was it was just kind of a crappy way to go out. I don't even remember who we hired after him. It was is that Sperano or yeah, I think it was Sperano. Maybe or yeah, I think it was Sperano. Well, it's yeah. I mean, that was that sort of my was sort of lost, I guess, already by that point. But that just sort of started the circle. Peak peak Miami lost was uh, when they had like ten different owners, and it was like Gloria Estefan oh, and yeah. Buffett. And that was like the full jump in the shark Miami dog orange carpet. Yeah. <laughs> was it wasn't the stadium Land Shark named yes. after Land Shark for one season or whatever? Yeah. 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 God. One of the last games Luke and I went to together, uh, they were still playing the Jimmy Buffett pins to the left, pins to the right. So, <laughs> uh, so, so the two of pick happens. You, have you bought a jersey yet? You bought the T-shirt, but are you playing? Are you waiting to see how he performs before the jersey's bought? So I, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'm, I'm kind of anti-Jersey. Okay. I don't know that I'm a, a Jersey guy. I do have a Marino Jersey. Yeah. I've got a, an Aqua and a White, and they're both throwbacks. Yep. I just, I, I don't know if it's like I, I just can't, you know, will myself to, to get behind somebody who's not proven or, or what, but, uh, yeah, I, I haven't gotten it to a Jersey yet. I don't know that I will. I, I'm with you. I got to the point, I think it was when I was like, when I started becoming older than the guys that they were getting drafted, and it was something weird about me being a 30-year-old wearing a 21, 22-year-old's name on the on my back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and now that I, you know, I have a two-year-old, so I figured, well, if anybody gets a jersey, it's the kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. I went, I am a jersey guy in the sense of, as a kid, I grew up, and I got tons of different jerseys from players, and I do love getting jerseys, but... I have my own custom jersey that I'll wear that I always tell my wife, look, this is what you can bury me in. I got so many of the other jerseys, the Panther jerseys. I said, remember that, that scene from Rudy? Just have everybody at my funeral just drop a jersey on me, on my casket as they walk out. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. It's just going to be all Cam Newton jerseys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is like the, the 40 or 50-year-old guy who's got the jersey tucked into his jeans. No, I see. I will never – you will never see me tuck my jersey into my jeans. I will promise you I, that will never, ever happen. I always keep it out. Now, usually if I'm wearing a jersey, I've got a – you know, have athletic shorts on or sweatpants on because, you know, it's just – I just can't go with the jeans. But – You're from the country now. You got to go jorts. <laughs> very true. Very true. So, yeah, my latest jersey, like I said, I bought my son a, a Christian McCaffrey. But other than that, yeah, it'll, it, it, I'll get a, you know, a poster or a football card or whatever it is. But, yeah, the jerseys have now, for me, resided into – the kid. Yeah, I guess, you know, for Miami fans, like, after, really, after, like, Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor, like, who are you going to buy a jersey of? Ricky Williams. Yeah, yeah I guess I know Ricky, but... I would yeah, say... Like, Dave, you got a Ricky Williams jersey. 
I do have Yeah, Jesus got one, yeah. <laughs> Ricky Williams, I would say, okay, if you were to say, I'd say Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, because that one oh, season y'all really ran bad. that Wildcat with Ricky and Ronnie was unreal. Yeah, that's true. But after that, I mean, I remember seeing some Penningtons, some Jay Fieldlers, but those were like your diehard fans. Have you guys seen that tweet? Uh, it's like some Dolphins fan. He's got every quarterback's jersey that sends Marina. Have you seen that? I have not. That on the bed. I have not. It's like 20 different jerseys. It's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, and again, that's kind of what happens when you don't have that franchise quarterback. You guys may have have somebody, barring injuries, which can happen to any quarterback, any player at any time. But, yeah. I mean, when was the last time you guys actually took a quarterback in the first round? Am I missing one since? Tannehill. That's right, Tannehill. Shit, duh. Right. duh. Oh, That's right. But if you look at Tannehill's career, I mean, he wasn't even a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was not a quarterback, and he wasn't that great when he was with the Dolphins. Yeah. And then they get rid of him and – he has a great season with the Titans, but like, which I think that I think that'll that'll come down a little bit this year. I think history proves anything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But and that was what's well, wild. Carried that team too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Which is very hard to do back to back seasons with the running back. But that was also weird because he is thirty years old. Because I remember there was a faction of fans who were saying the Panthers should go out and get Tannehill before he got franchise tagged, and then they gave him a big deal. I was like, why would you go from? A 30-year-old Cam to a 31-year-old Tannehill just didn't – if we're talking about injuries, Tannehill's had a – I mean, a long list of injuries since he's coming to the league. So, honestly, what is y'all's best-case scenario for this season with Tua? Super Bowl. <laughs> There's the fan. There you go. There you go. When, my question is, when do you guys expect to see Tua? How many games into the season do you guys go with Fitzpatrick or say, all right, let's see what we got in Tua? So a lot of the stuff that I've been, like, reading and listening to, and I, I've become, like, the guy who listens to team local team podcasts, and I was never that guy before. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So. But, you know, I think there was this, like, conventional wisdom that he'd sit for a year behind Patrick, but people have been talking about how last year, you know, Rosen was sometimes the best, the better quarterback in camp, and they they went they ended up going with Fitzpatrick, but then they benched him, I think, after the third or fourth game because you know he, he's doing he's either pitch magic or he's pitch tragic. Yep. Um, yeah. And so there's some people saying that you know if two is the better quarterback in camp, he should start right away, and there are some other people saying, you know, they think maybe Fitzpatrick's arm will just sort of give out halfway through the season. I think, um, and I'm not a big, you know, schedule person that looks at the schedule when it comes out, you know, marks down the wins and losses, but the, the people were saying we've got, there's a three or four game home stretch in the middle of the season, like, like starting around week, week six and week eight. Uh, that seems to me to be kind of reasonable when we're not seeing. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll say this. I've heard that he's a hundred percent, and I saw some, you know, a lot of people saying, if he, if, if they're saying, if, if Tua's camp is saying he's a hundred percent, why wouldn't we see him day one? Absolutely, one I agree. True, I agree. I mean, I live, I live by the draft in my own house room philosophy. No one's hired me yet. If I'm taking a pick in the first 
in the top ten, that son of a gun better be in a starting lineup. Now, I know the whole football cliches, they got to go out and compete, blah, 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 blah. But let's be honest. If you're taking a guy in the top ten, he should he should immediately be a starter, plug-and-play guy. Yeah, you want to bust his ass and work, but again, if you're Tua, like if he's 100%, by all means, he should be able to beat out. Even if he can't beat out Fitzpatrick or beat out Rosen, you just took him at five overall. There's no need for him to sit or be the third quarterback with a clipboard. If he's 100%. I mean, I'll take it if you just want him to get it. He's not necessarily there yet, but top five pick, 100%, should should definitely see the field because you're going to learn more in those plays than by just watching. The, the, I think the key will be is if they found the right offensive line. If they don't feel comfortable on the offensive line, I don't think they put him out there, even if he's 100%. That's fair. That's fair. Been drafted like six hippos too. Playoff It seemed like from what everybody said, y'all had a, a nice, good draft. I mean, you got you got another offensive lineman in the first round, correct? And then didn't you get another? Was it a wide receiver, a corner? Or? Are you a sports fan and wondering why guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade are drinking wine rather than the Bush Light you might be drinking right now? What if I told you I'd be willing to give you fifty dollars in free wine to find out? High-quality wine is both enjoyable and easier on your body. So if you've been thinking about trying some good quality wine, but you're not really sure where to start, you're stuck in the house and looking for some entertainment, or you're already a wino and looking to try something new, I've got a great idea for you. Scout Circle allows you to have a variety of wines that are cleanly crafted and hand-picked by a level 3 sommelier automatically shipped to your doorstep at your desired frequency. All the wine inside will be in, will be free of any chemicals or added sugar that you'll see in most wines in the store, and they'll have the lowest possible amount of sulfites included. So you can forget about the beer bloat while you're drinking or the headache the next day that won't come with the highest quality of wine out there. And each box comes with fun facts to teach you about the wine that you're drinking and, you'll, and about the small vineyard that you're helping to support. Plus, if you're still hesitant, all the wine in your box will come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're unsatisfied with a bottle for any reason, just let me know, and I'll replace it for you with the same one or any other wine on my site at equal or lesser value. To sign up, just head to my Instagram at wineunderthebridge and click the link in my bio. If you have any questions when you get there, just send me a DM. I'll be happy to help. New members that sign up for this program before the end of May will receive $50 in free wine credits when they receive their third shipment to use on any additional bottles that you left. So head over to at Wine Under the Bridge on Instagram and eliminate the guesswork while trying something new and fun with your family or friends. A glass of wine a day will keep your beer good away. Cheers! We got uh, So we got Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC, who I guess... He's only like 20 years old or 21, which is, I guess, kind of enticing. But uh, apparently, he's really raw. I don't, you know, I don't watch tape or anything. Yeah. Go by what people say. But and then we got uh, the cornerback from Auburn, Big Benogany, who I think, I mean, that was a surprise for me. I yeah. think everyone was thinking, you know, Twitter sort of melted down on when Miami didn't draft a running back right at that spot. Yeah. Well, as as everyone's proven, the last couple of Super Bowl winners you don't necessarily need. I mean, you guys saw your old running back score two TDs for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nope. That was a you know. What the, the big thing about Miami history is it's all about they're winning the off season. They've always had the title of off season champions, and if 
that were an actual real thing, we'd have more rings and trophies than Bill Belichick and Nick Saban combined. <laughs> but the thing is, it doesn't matter in the offseason, and that's, I think, why Luke and I, specifically Dolphin fans, have been so, like, down and confused and, like, what? why do we get so excited for no reason? Skeptical, yeah. It's because it's... It's always been like, oh, the Dolphins got an A-plus in the offseason. A great draft. And it's like, Jimmy Porter, Mike, Mike Willow Wallace, uh, <laughs> uh, the Domicon Sue. Yeah. And that's, and that's, it's interesting you say that because that's kind of how we felt with Panthers. They drafted all defensive players and everybody loved it. And it was like, but wait a second. Don't you always get ripped if you draft for need? And we literally drafted for need because we had nobody playing defense yeah. But we just drafted for me, but everybody loves it. It was it's so confusing with the draft because sometimes when they love you, it, you, it ends up not being good, and uh, vice versa, and whatever. So you have to wait until a couple years down the road. But you know, I've been the opposite of you, Luke, where I haven't been able to watch any of the content on the Panther site. Usually, I soak it all in, but I just have kind of like, like I said, it's it's like seeing. One of your boys next – it's just hard to, like, go and watch it right now and be happy about it because it's like they've moved on and I haven't moved on yet. And I get it. That's a business and they have to create content and be happy. Like when they did their schedule release video and everybody was loving it and tweeting about it. And every time I watched it, it just had on the person's phone and it was like the Teddy B background. And I just was like, I, I, can't, I can't do this right now. I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm still hurting, you know. I'm still bro, doing bro, it. Jacob, you're just sitting in your room every night listening to the sound of silence. Aren't yes, you? <laughs> that's, that's exactly it, man. That's exactly it. To add to that, you know, and, and like we said, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing what Jacob said just about Teddy Bridgewater. There's nothing against him. But I just don't want to find myself who fucks up. I'm like, man, Cam would have took off the ranch. You know, like, like, I, I, just, I just know I'm going to say that. I'm just like, oh, well, you know, if we don't get it, I'm just like, well, I know somebody that was 6'6", 240, that wouldn't be able to get that. But, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I, I just can't, I don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. I don't know. It may take me a year, it may take me two years. It may take for us to get Trevor Lawrence next year. I don't yeah. know. That's, and that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm all, if we can get to Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I will be okay. But I feel like we've just sabotaged ourselves by not by going and get Teddy B because he's going to be just good enough to maybe keep us in games. But I don't know that defense is atrocious. It is terrible. Yeah. I mean our number <clears throat> our number one corner got beat for a ninety eight yard touchdown pass on third and fifteen against the Atlanta Falcons, and he's going to be you know so I, I like it's going to be bad. So which you which brings like, that, uh, like a lot of Panthers fans feel the way you do about Cam or had you know are you in the minority because it. It, I guess when it happened, it, it sort of felt to me like he was sort of expected, and you know, I was just like the next step. I think what, what – and we talked about this a couple of pods before. I think what it was for particularly fans of Cam was it just was the kind of the tricky nature of it. Like the coach came out and said, I wanted to wait – can't wait to coach for Cam, coach with Cam. Then he went to the combine and was like, I'm ready to coach with Cam. And then, you know, so he's getting everybody's hopes up like, okay, we're good. We can stop all this what ifs, what ifs, ands, and buts. We don't know. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're signing Teddy B. Now we're going to try to trade Cam. Well, now you've you – you know, and then it was like, oh, now we're going to cut Cam this. So I think that's kind of where I'm at was like it just felt like I was just done wrong. You know, I'd rather you 
just I don't think you just be honest with me. I wish when he had his press conference or the week after it had been like, you know what? We're going to start fresh. Cam Newton's on the trade block. I love what he did here, and he did a lot for this organization, but I just want to bring in my own people and feel like it's best for everybody to start fresh. Instead, he kind of just treated us all like, I don't know, I don't know, and then it just was like, you know, you've been bamboozled. We've been lied to. Like, I, I just, I'd rather you just be straight up with me. I'd rather, you know, we're adults. Just be straight up and and then and tell me the truth, and then I'll get over it then. That's kind of where I think I'm most hurt about was now I've got to trust a guy who I just felt like lied a whole offseason, you know? So You know, the one thing, and you guys tell me what you think about this, is as a Dolphin fan, we've seen a lot of first-time NFL coaches come through. And what makes me scared for the Panthers is, like, the first-time college head coaches, it seems like they make more mistakes by not just coming in, just doing what they do. That's the difference between, like, a Brian Flores that came in and said, this is my team, I believe in it, and this is how I'm going to run my – I'm not going to let it lose, and we're going to run it the the way that I want to run it. And a lot of of college coaches, and even, like, first time, like Joe Philbin, for example, they were, like, back and forth, and they flip-flopped, and, like, oh, who's the starting quarterback today? And that's, I think, what leads to their demise, and – that's what's kind of scary about the whole Panthers. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it all how it all shakes out. I mean, he seems like Rule seems like a good guy. Seems like he knows what he's doing. But you know, until NFL, like at Baylor and at Temple, you can lose a couple seasons and they're going to be okay. In the NFL, how long can you go before it's like, yo, you know, you you can't go two and fourteen, three and thirteen. Six and ten, three straight years, and expect people to be like, "Oh, that's cool," even though you got a seven-year contract. So, yeah, he did. Didn't he? He was like an assistant for an NFL team, right? He does have some NFL experience. Yeah, one season with the Giants back in like 2010 or something like that as a D-line coach. So he has been there before, but you know, like I said, he seems to be. He seems to know what he's doing. If you read the articles, as much as I try not to because I'm still angry, but you still got to get some of that content. But until it really starts flying, we'll find out. James looks nervous. I can, I can sense his nervous. He's been uncomfortable the whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we had, the way I look at it is we had so much going on this offseason to where we got a new coach. Uh, Luke Keegan retired, Greg Olson moved on, and Matt Rule said he wanted to work with Cam like for a month, and then we trade him. I, I wish we would have just like kept Cam and seen what we had with Matt Rule and his football mind, and with with Cam on the team, yeah. and then go from go from there in twenty twenty one. That's what my whole thing is. It's like we had so much going on in this offseason. It's just too much for me. It would have been nice to actually go from Cam Newton to Trevor Lawrence. It would have been. Yeah, would have been. That was my whole thing. Game on in one year. He has wasn't caught. You know, guaranteed money. He got hurt again. You'd stink. But I think he. Joe Brady. Yeah, I think he really wanted to come in though and and make sure it was his team. And Cam was the last big piece. Like. He was drafted by Rivera, even though Herney, the GM, still there. I think he just still wanted to make sure. And Cam is a big personality. I think Luke, you alluded to one of the articles. Basically, the Bears kind of leaked out that 
You know, instead of trading for Foles, why not just sign a Cam for one year instead of getting that big deal? Well, they knew if Cam came in, he was basically going to take – he's such a big figure, everyone knew that he was going to beat Trubisky out. And they didn't want that to happen because now they're admitting their mistake. And whereas Foles will sit in the background, if he doesn't win the job, he's cool. And players will go, well, they're about the same kind of player. Whereas Cam is going to win the locker room over, and that was kind of a weird way that that's why he kind of hasn't been signed too is – they know similar to the Chargers. They know he's better than Tyrod Taylor. He's probably better than Herbert, but they want to go all in, and they know Tyrod can sit there and just be Tyrod Taylor, be who he's been from the Browns to the Bills and everything else. So yeah. that's kind of how I think it's it's going to go. So, yeah. So realistic expectations for the Dolphins put a record on it. Right now in May 19th, this isn't based on the schedule or anything. This is just based on my wild, yep. you know, unsubstantiated expectation. I think like 8-8 eight eight is okay. reasonable. Maybe like Go a 9-7. Okay. Sneak into the playoffs. Oh! I'm oh, oh, oh. There you go. By week one kickoff, I'll be at like 11-5. There you go. <laughs> Ultimate fandom's feeling good right now. Nice. Listen, if the Dolphins start Tua, if from day one, they will win the AFC East, hands down. Wow! Clip that! Okay. Clip that bite off. Right? <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of views on the podcast now. But, yeah. but I will say they're gonna win the AFC East at uh, a very reasonable, probably like a, a nine and seven record. I don't okay. think anybody gets ten wins in the AFC East. It's 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 funny because I feel like uh, you know we've always just like like shit all over the bills, but it feels like you know like you wake up and look in the mirror and you're like oh we're we're the bills now you know like we were the we were the team that was sort of lost for a decade and now that they're people are kind of talking them up as the king of beat. Their quarterback's holding them back though. Yeah, I, I guess he, he can give it and take away. <laughs> He just his accuracy is all over the place, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they have loaded him up with all the offensive talent that's possible. Yeah. So this, like you said, with with Brady out, which to me, it feels almost like the Patriots are in like a tank mode for a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields. I mean, why else would you just roll out Stidham? Uh, you know, a fourth, fifth Ooh. round pick guy. Exactly, they're Stidham, Jarrett Stidham from Auburn. Yeah, who exactly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I feel like they're in the same boat. I mean, this QB class coming up is is talked about as one of the best ones coming out for the draft in a long time. So it would be the year to go, okay, well, we'll just see if Stidham's got something similar to what the Panthers do. Let's just see if Will Greer's got anything. If you suck, then you got a consolation prize. But I don't know. I guess Tepper needs to have some more wins to ask for more money to tax people with to build a new stadium. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the tough part about – it, with, with this pandemic and with what's going on, Teddy B might be a little bit, it, it might be a little easier, but you got to think about it. If you're in the stand and you're getting a whole bunch of booze in front of pigs, or the season's not going as well, without having those fans, you don't really feel that energy. I mean, so with no fans and it's just them, I mean, you, you're, avoiding a, you're, you're avoiding a lot. Like, you got to think about it. Look at we talked about how many questions about Cam they've been able to avoid. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that is a good point 
about the no fans thing, if they do get a season with no fans, even if you pump in fake fan sound, the pressure is off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's like playing a, a rec game. Yeah, it's like yeah. playing at the park or whatever, you know? Where are you guys, where are you guys with whether we have a season or not? I mean, did you guys anybody talk about that? Or I think the NFL is in a perfect – barring a unexpected – huge spike again where it shuts down for another three months. I don't know if we can see that because the economy is starting to fall apart. I'm no economist, but from what I can see, it's like people have got to get open and whatever. I mean, just money-wise, money's got to be factored into all this. And they've had enough time with the NFL and their millions and billions. I already saw they were designing helmets that had, like, covers on them. Um, I saw a thing today that said basically – they know players are going to test positive during the season. Their whole thing is going to be testing all the time. As soon as they test positive, quarantine them and, and making sure. I mean, there's too much money at stake. It's, and I'm not saying that lightly if anybody's been affected by coronavirus, but they just can't. I mean, you XFL's folded. Looks like the Canadian Football League may fold if they can't get a season. I mean, MLB and NBA are starting to have to furlough people and take players' salaries out of it. I mean – I just can't see them canceling the whole thing. It, well, I, just, I think, you know, NASCAR having a race on Sunday sets a bar not only from, uh, like, a sports standpoint, but also, like, television production, you know, medical, all that stuff, is they've kind of tested it out. And yep. now I think you wait a couple weeks, you see how that works. If that works, then you you all these sports uh, leagues will then emulate that style. Yep. You know, you test, you test every single person that comes in the stadium. Yep. Uh, all your employees. You're not going to, you know, need your your food services or anything like that, obviously. But uh, I think if it if it works, it works, and you're going to see all these sports teams copy it. Yeah. 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 Like you say, you put masks if you're on the sidelines, if you're reporting, you put masks. <laughs> Only essential people. You don't need the bazillion of people down there. Uh, masks on for anybody reporting on stuff. I mean. Like you said, even if they don't go full capacity, they'll sell some stuff for the upper bowls and so I mean, they'll figure it out. I think they've had it the luxury of the NFLs, they had they were in the offseason. So they've been able to see how, how all this plays out as opposed to the MLB and the NBA where they kind of were just like, Oh shit, you know, what can we do? So Yeah. Now now my question to that is is how do you think they're gonna counter like say, for instance, say uh Drew Brees gets I mean, it, it, it's one thing for the third string running back and there's in like the special teams gunner to get it. You can kind of throw somebody else out there and they're okay. But I mean, for like a Drew Brees or, or Philip Rivers or Tom Brady or somebody like that that gets it, you know, are they going to go out there like Jordan and do the flu game and just try and wing it or want to win or what do you do? I think they're going to either have to expand rosters, make the practice squad people be able to come up like – almost like a, you know, practice squad will be a part of the roster. And you may have to activate more people during game day. You know what I mean? Instead of going from 50 or, like, what, only like 45 play and there's a 53-man roster, you know. It's going to be – you know what it's going to be like? Uh, I have experienced this in myself when I went from the backup quarterback on my Wee tackle team to the offensive tackle in a matter of a season. <laughs> yeah. So there were some other factors that played a lot of yeah. you were eating Yeah, there was a lot of cookies probably. <laughs> but what's going to happen is you're going to have to do your, your you know, it's like a weigh-in. You, you get down 
rafts your way in. In this version, it's going to be you, you, you get tested by COVID, and they're going to have, like, rapid tests, and they're going to say, like, do you have it? If you don't, you play. If you do, you're out. Yep. No, I agree. And that's where I think... I don't think anybody is exempt from it. You can't, you can't say, like, if Drew Brees gets it, he can go out there and play, or if Tom Brady gets it, he can go out there and play. If, if you get it, you got, I would say, if you get it, you got to sit for that week. And I think that's where, Duvall, to your point, it, you could have one of these seasons where a random team gets to the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes gets it in January right at the playoff time, you know, yeah. and you can't sit out. So... It could be, and especially when, you know, we see with everyone's predicting kind of when the summer months hit, it's going to slow down because people are outside more. The heat, the weather is good. But then all of a sudden, once fall rolls back around in winter, it comes that second spike right around the end of the season where you can see some of that, like you said, a Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a Tua sneaking into the playoffs. Then all of a sudden, 9-7, and seven, now you got Josh Rosen starting a playoff game. I mean, it, <laughs> and that – like, like you said, that could be it. Could be one of those weird years where it could affect the Super Bowl, but that's kind of the dice you have to roll and play with if you want a full season. You know, uh, the last time the, the backup quarterback started for a playoff game in Miami was uh, Matt Moore. I remember that. Ooh. I remember that. Yeah. I think yes. he would have wished he died he four weeks of COVID rather than that one hit by the Steelers. I literally thought he died. I thought he died on the field that day. And then they let him come back in. <laughs> After he died, on his his body is like spirit raised into the heavens, and they still let him come back in, man. Well, see, well, see and I'm going to ask this. Um, if, if for some reason, like you, you, you mentioned how Mahomes, what's up to have Mahomes with Jackson or Tom Brady on the NFC or something like that gets it, is there an asterisk next to whatever team makes it? Because, like, to me, that's how I look at the NBA. Like, like what if, like, Kawhi, Paul George did it in the finals, or in, in the Western Conference finals, and LeBron beats them because they're out for, two, for, like, four games because they're playing so many back-to-backs or every other game, every other day. Like, do you put – how do you do that? And, of course, you can't watch the season. You, you know – I think it's just gonna like it's gonna be something our kids are talking about in history books. It's a unprecedented times. I you I mean you could put an asterisk and say COVID shortened the season or whatever, but I, you just it's got you got to roll with it. It's like an injury. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like you said, it is. It's like an injury. It's it's it is in a weird way. An injury, a torn ACL that can spread to the whole team almost. It's. It's yeah. like a flu game, but you can't play with the flu. Like, no. you know, like, you could, like, you know. Yeah. But that, time. yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, I, there's too much money at stake for them to completely. Well, I think people are so starved for sports, too. I mean, I, I think the fans, if, if there is, like, a Breeze or a Brady, I think they're going to be more forgiving of it just because those there's sports on TV, you know. Six yeah. six point two five million people watched this that race Sunday uh, for NASCAR, and most probably all, a lot of those viewers were non NASCAR fans. <laughs> yeah, the draft had like record numbers too, just yeah. to watch people get picked. For play. The 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 lottery was supposed to be tonight. The NBA lottery was supposed to be tonight, and it didn't happen. Oh, dang. yeah. So like, just think about all that as well. So, you know, I I think it's too. Too much on the line. They've had too much time to figure it out. But you're going to see players get it, and it'll be a self-quarantine. But I also think it'll be stricter, like, 
Guys making sure you're not going out and partying necessarily. You may see something where it's like, you know what? We're going to keep you in this hotel for these weeks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you got a crib, but when it comes down to game time so they can test them, like you said, every day or every time they come into the stadium, whatever it is. I mean, I don't know. I've gone into my work, and they're making us fill out a survey and also take our temperature and fill it out before we go in and telling us if we should – work from home or and, and if we have a temperature or been around anybody with covid or whatever i mean you can obviously lie because this is all liability standpoint but mm-hmm. if you've been around they're like no work from home today so that's just us in, in these professional sports i mean i feel like they're gonna have doctors on hand mm-hmm. like passing out chicken tenders passing out tests yeah now do you see do you see the teams like if they, if when when in football comes around, do you see the teams getting to the city that they're playing at earlier? Then leaving out like Thursday or Friday morning, do you see them like not practicing Monday and like leaving out Wednesday? Nah, there'd be no point getting there earlier. Earlier. And staying at hotel, then then they could be then they can like quarantine or not be around it. You know, these teams are probably gonna like pop up tents. They're, they're gonna let these guys go in anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think once once the NFL starts too. The other thing is they can't do what the country is doing. They can't yeah. start up. Yeah. They're gonna have to start and stay. Like you you can't just cancel the season. I I think once knowing what's out there. Yeah. You know, knowing that we're in this situation, it's not like the NBA where they just realize like, Oh, there's something bigger happening. here. The NFL knows that it's out there. So they're either going to make a decision to start it. And then, you know, Duvall, like you were saying, just, you know, make people not play. Yeah. It's going to have to be that way. It'll be weird. Yeah, the ball can't stop once it's, once yeah, it's once it's rolling. Like you right, said, yeah. the NBA just the NBA kind of jumped on them. They got jumped in the back parking lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. The NFL has been training like Rocky and, and Rocky three or four working for it, and they're going to be ready, and they already know they can't lose this money. So it's going to go no matter what. And whoever wins, may, may we see a Super Bowl with, you know, uh, Jameis Winston for the Saints and – I don't know who's the backup in, in the Chiefs now or something like that. Like, it could just be something whoa, whoa, funky. What about Tua? I, you mean jo- Josh Rosen because Tua gets sick from, from <laughs> celebrating. Josh Rosen against, I don't know. Uh, I actually think Matt Moore is the backup for the Chiefs. Did he re-sign? I know he was backing up. Did they re-sign him? Maybe. I don't know. He, he was last year. Yeah, he did. They, they signed him after, after Mahomes got hurt that first early in the year. They, they signed him. And yeah, Matt Moore got him a nice Super Bowl ring. I don't know if they re-signed him though. I thought they brought somebody else in. Jeeves, hit us with the Google man. How old is Matt Moore? That's the next one, Jeeves, after that. He's gotta be he's gotta be 36, 38. Well, after the Pittsburgh hit, he's he's on his like third life. So. That's true. That's true. Because he spent what? Three or four years here in Carolina, maybe yeah, then he went down to Miami. He had a hell of a time in Miami. He was in Miami for like five years. Yeah. So uh, he played. Uh, he was on in the off season or practice squad with the Cowboys in 07. We don't need all that, Jeeves. We just need to know. We just need to know is he still on the Chiefs roster, and how old is he? 
It says 2019 Chiefs. That's all it says. Okay, right so he's now. probably still a free agent. And he is 35 years old. 30, only 35? God, I thought I swear he's 38. I doubt. Another five years at him. Yeah. Wow. Hey. All right. He'd have carved out a nice little backup career. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, he initially was the one to help us get to that first-round pick because he was the one who the Panthers came in after they cut DeLome. They put all their marbles, as they should have, to see if Matt Moore's got it. Then he got blasted, and his shoulder and elbow were done. And then they went through the Jimmy Clausens and all that kind of stuff, and then we got the number one overall pick. So... That Clausen year was bad. Didn't St. Pierre start that year, too? Yeah. yeah Clausen year was oh. real bad. Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That Clausen year, if you oh. go, like, we we went 2-14, and 14 oh. and it was real, real bad. I went back and someone did a tweet, and it was like, um, show me a picture of a horror story. And it was the win and loss record of that 2010 season. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I've completely put that in the back of my mind of how bad that season was. Did you all draft Clawson or did the oh, yeah. draft him? Oh, no, 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 no. No, we drafted him. Yeah, we got it. We oh. traded up to draft that motherfucker, man. <laughs> traded up in the second round to get him. And that's we traded our second round pick the next year to draft Jimmy Clawson. We then were the worst team in the league. So then we had the number one overall pick, but then we didn't have the first overall pick in the second round because of Jimmy Clawson. Yep. Damn. That's true. Yeah, he sat there yeah. and – Third quarterback till his four year deal was up or whatever. So, yeah, that was that was, that was rough. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, was that the year when, like, D'Angelo and them had all the damn rush yards and we still couldn't win shit? I was in the year before then. I think that was one of Cam's first years or second years when they rushed for like 1500 apiece. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Cam. And yeah. Was yeah, man. <laughs> Rivera, man. Rivera. I said I'm ready to see what he's going to do with the Dwayne Haskins. But then somehow he's going to end up gifted as a first pick and get Trevor Lawrence, and he's going to have a Hall of Fame coaching career by having two generational talents. Man. Yeah. All right. Let's get off. We're going to be definitely cursed if that happens. Oh, we're going, we got – listen, our mascot's a black cat, Duval. I keep trying to tell you this. Well, I know. We're constantly cursed. We're constantly cursed. So I've been trying to tell you this. So – all right, so Luke, I sent you Jeeves. You ready? Let's go. I sent you the notebook questions. The warehouse is silly. <laughs> it did, it did, you, we only got one horn on that one, Jeeves. We only got one horn. Try it again, Jeeves. Try it again. Pretty sure, Jeeves. There it is. You're just really low. It's okay. All right, the warehouse distillery escape 109 wine under the bridge notebook. I sent two pictures to Luke in your Twitter message. You look through those two, pick a question while you're doing that. If you already have one, just hold on a second. We will announce, i got to say, our final results for the Survivor Fantasy game. Alex Crash McCoy with the win, 113 points. Let's see, uh, Duvall. Duvall. 43rd Duvall out of 50. Hey, man, hey, hey. I didn't finish last. That's all that matters. You didn't. But I will say this. Jeebs, Jeebs finished 20, 29th. So I think – but but I think you guys both owe me a shot because I finished 26th. And the bet was out of the three of us who would finish the best. So whenever we get – whenever next time we play Birio Kart, you all have to take a shot and drink a beer for Birio Kart. Okay, I'm with that. 
But I'll read the top ten. It was Crash at one, Nina Glass two, Garrett three, Andy Moore four, Kevin at five, uh, Jerryanna six, and Luke, my son, who we drew out of a hat, two-year-old, finished seventh. Bridget eighth, Alex Sharon ninth, and then Buck tenth. So, Corey, I think I think you said you're you're joining next season. I'm on, and okay. you know what? You've inspired me. I'm going to create a, a fantasy game, but it's not going to be Survivor. It's going to be The Bachelor. Do it. Do it. Man. Yeah. We had somebody come to me who, who after we've been doing this, was like, hey, you should do one for The Bachelor. I said, look, I'm not as well versed, but if you put it together, I would gladly just join out of blindness. <laughs> so, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I just want you to know that this shit is rigged because Luke finished seven. <laughs> we drew his stuff out of a hat, man. Uh, uh, so... But yeah, it was like I said, with with Natalie coming back from extinction, that was a 21-point swing. Because she went out first. If it would have stayed that way, she would have only had one point since she came back and she ended up finishing 19th with two auto bonuses and an immunity win. She had 22 points total as that player. So that was his big victory there. He would not have won if Natalie stayed off. So uh, Crash? Yeah. But, all right. So that's that. Do you have your question, Luke? I do. All right. So do I answer first, or do we go around and I answer Well, you just go ahead and ask it, and if you have your answer, yeah, by all means, fire away. Okay, so my question is, how many days do you wear a pair of pants? And uh, it might be a little controversial. I've got two different answers. So it's jeans. I feel like I can wear jeans two or three, four days in a row, depending on the, you know, like if I'm out sweating, or maybe not, you know, that type of thing. But shorts, I, I change every day if I wear a pair of shorts. Okay. So, on the jeans thing, I usually just wear jeans to work. So, I could probably go two weeks without having to wash those pair of jeans. So I just go to work. Barring, like you said, if it's the summer and you may go out after work and they get sweaty or whatever. Or if you go out you know, to a bar or something and people outside are smoking and you just, you don't, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, shorts, same thing. If I, I'll get a couple wears out of shorts, depending on, again, what I did for it. But yeah, athletic shorts, as long as I'm not sweaty, the same thing, especially during this quarantine, if I'm not going outside or doing something, I could wear the same pair of athletic shorts two or three days. But if I'm doing yard work, mowing the grass, they immediately got to go in a dirty clothes hamper. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I mean, with this with this quarantine, shoot, I'm recycling about three or four pairs, man. They're good <laughs> for a while. Yeah. I mean, I'm going upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. I'm not really doing anything. If I go running, now those pair, of course, I'm washing. But like here, I'm lounging in. Oh, oh, they'll they'll last a little bit. And then now, when I go into the office, as far as like slacks, those are a little bit longer, and I put those. In and I go maybe every two weeks, but like I, I could wear those probably depending on the day, depending on the weather. Because the winter time they last a little bit longer. The summertime, yeah. I'm walking through uptown and whatnot. So I would say I could at least go through a pair of stacks twice, maybe three times, depending on how they go. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm right about uh, two days, barring not sweating in my jeans or shorts. <laughs> Uh, I normally go uh, two days, wear two days for jeans, uh, two days for shorts, 
But my work pants, I change those out every day because it's I get dirty in them and sweating and stuff. So let's go to the dirty hamper and put a new pair on the next morning. You have five pair of work pants, Jeeves? Oh yeah, I got uh, I got eleven. Oh, right they, on the because we have a laundry service. Oh, so okay. They give us eleven, so you can wear, you can have five getting clean. You wear the five, and then you get you just swap them out in and out. Oh, okay. So it's not bad. I'm gonna go say, I'm one and done. I don't like oh. anything. Wow. I, never, I just hate it. I just don't like it. But the weird thing is, this is a follow up question: How many days do you let your your towel after the shower go? Because I'll let that thing go forever. Uh, no. Oh, no. I don't want more than I do. <laughs> if you hang it over the door and it dries, it, I feel like all the germs are... I, I try to... I try to... The towel, once it starts getting crusty, then it's time to... It's time to flip it to a new one. <laughs> See, it depends on how often you shower. Because if you shower twice a day, you know, that's a little different. But it's like, still I mean, wet going, the second one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I so, can't I mean, do a wet towel. Mm. No. Oh, like I, I, I would say twice. Like I, I could go through a, a, a set of time maybe every five, six days. Yeah, I can make it about five, six days, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm about every week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, mine is like yeah, a towel is like one of those things where like. You mean to change it, and like our towels are out in the hallway, and then the towel you use in your in your bedroom or in your bathroom is there. So then you get out of the shower, and you're like, "Well, I can make the naked run to go get a towel, or I'll just I'll just wipe down with this one, and I'll remember tomorrow." And then tomorrow keeps coming up, and you yep. keep forgetting. And then finally, when it hits you, and you got that crust, you're like, "Yo, I got it. I got to put a new towel in because I'm like scraping myself because it's so crusty." So. <laughs> I just I just thought about Jacob spraying through the house. <laughs> Bust my ass on them hardwoods up. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how about you, Luke? What's your towel usage? Uh, probably a couple weeks at least. That, that sounds yeah. gross to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> the same kind of situation. I'm gonna walk past the towel yep. closet to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just one of those things you don't remember until you get done showering. You're like, oh, damn, I'm going to get a new towel. But if it is, like if I do take another shower the same day and my other one's wet, then automatically can't do it. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Was I, I, had a, I had another question off of that. It was about cleaning stuff. I guess we'll go, what about sheets? Your bed sheets. How long you let them things go? Nobody knows. Nobody. <laughs> Wait, think of it. I still got the Christmas sheets on right now. <laughs> I, do, I do once a week. But I have like, I have like. You put your new bed sheets on once a week? Yeah, so I have like three. I have like Damn. Three sheets, so like, so like, like, so, so typically, so like on like Saturday and Sunday is like my wash day. But like on that day, typically when I take one set off, put a new set on. And then that following Saturday and Sunday, I'll take the other set off and put that piece on. Duvall, you don't, even, what I do. you don't even have any hoes coming over. Why you got to change your sheets so much, man? He's always ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay ready so 
so you ain't got to get ready. <laughs> 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 oh, I think two weeks, yeah, a couple weeks for me too. Uh, you can always tell because it, there's just the, the, it feels a little different. Like a, everything is a little more smooth. It's like, okay, it's time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Now see, I I shower. I'm a big OC, like a little OCD on the shower. I kind of developed it in college. Like I don't know about y'all, when people would come in from the dorm room and just sit on your bed in their dirty clothes, I'd be like, "Yo, come on, man!" Like I'm sleeping there. So that kind of developed me in a little OCD of like I always took a shower at night, as long as I wasn't too intoxicated. I I still try to take a shower and lay down clean because I just something about going to bed dirty. You know, every once in a while, you, you pass out at a friend's house, you sleep on the couch, whatever, you can make it. But I try to, if I'm in my bed, get a shower every night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Just that, that old man funk, man. Jeeves <laughs> G- look like a little skeptical. He look. Uh, I mean, I, t- I normally either, it all depends on how what I'm feeling. I can take the showers at night or I can take showers in the morning before I go to work, but... I'm, there, I'm about about two weeks on the sheets. Two weeks on the sheets, huh? Yeah. Huh? That's like a new song. Right? <laughs> I like uh, Stay Ready, Sing Off to Get Ready. That's it. <laughs> Listen, that needs to be a shirt. Duvall's always got the cliches and the, and the stuff ready to fire off, man. <laughs> Father Time is, stays undefeated. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> but better to have it in, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I believe in that one hundred percent. Anytime I'm packing for something, I'd rather have even if it's I'm going on a trip in the summer, I still pack a pair of sweatpants and a hoodie. Just in case. Yeah, like when I went no to options. Yes, when I went to when I went to Vegas last summer for my buddy's bachelor party, I was like, let me pack I know it's gonna be hundred and ten degrees in the middle of May, out in Las Vegas. Let me still pack a hoodie and some sweats because I don't know who else has ever been caught in a hotel room and the AC is at 62 degrees and you in the middle of the night. And I knew I was going to sleep on the couch. So I knew I, I wasn't going to have too many blankets. And you don't want to go to sleep, not any blankets when you're drunk, and then wake up at 4 a.m. shaking and shivering. And that, that hoodie came in clutch sleeping on the couch in, in Las Vegas because it was freezing cold in that hotel room and I was good to go. Did you... Did you take a uh, hoodie and sweatpants when you went to Orlando and Jeez. on the cruise? Jeez, I just told you. It don't matter when and where. I'm always taking a hoodie and a sweatpants. One apiece. Always. Because you don't know when the AC unit's going to happen. You don't know when a cold front's coming through. It's huh. I'm always about so, options. Yes. It's all about the options. I always keep a blanket in my car. Because my dad would always harp on, if you're in your car and it breaks down in the middle of a winter storm, if you ain't got a blanket in there... You're going to freeze to death. So I always keep a blanket in my truck, keep a hoodie, or not, or like a beanie cap with some gloves in my truck. Just keep it in there all seasons long. You just never know. So. Oh, yeah. As Duvall said, you got to stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. That's it. Get ready. That's yeah. it, man. Better to, ha- better to have it and not need it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All about it. All about it. All right, well, uh, Luke, I appreciate you, man, you know, coming out, jumping in on the pod. Hope you had a good time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, glad I can make episode 201. So, oh, yeah. Uh, 
The beginning of the next 200, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what we're good. Yeah, I like that too. Look, put that on a t shirt. There you go. Your episode. Uh, nope. Yeah, man. Corey, appreciate you too stopping back through. I'm sure once this everything lifts, we'll get you over here for a burial cart game and all that stuff. And uh, Jeeves, yes, I think you're still on quarantine since you may have, may have not been around somebody with the COVID, but. I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're doing good. Sick. Say what? I said I was never sick. Geez, have you been researching? You may not even you may not even feel sick, but you can still spread it. You can have it inside. All of us could. So. Geez, you say your ass at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Duvall always say what? I was just saying thanks a lot for having me. Oh, no problem. When it, so wait before you leave, when's your uh, when's your move date? Oh, we're coming up here pretty soon. I think we close in either mid-July to mid-August range. We haven't told us yet. Okay, you got a little bit of time. Uh, yeah. Isn't it wild, though, it's already, like, mid-May? I feel like, like, yeah, we're almost halfway through the year, and three months out of it, we've set it out of our house, basically. Yeah. It it really it really is crazy how everyone talked about oh it's gonna be so terrible this that and the third and everything and I'm like it's gonna be tough going back to regular scheduled programming man because I've been able to sit down here come down here and play a video game during my lunch break and the slow times I'm able to play a video game or go outside play with my son my son already was like I don't know when like when real life returns the separation anxiety is gonna be terrible because he's seen me every day seen my wife every day so. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see how the rest of this year goes. But, yeah. yeah might as well start doing your Christmas shopping. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> just start having everything delivered here. Be good to go. Yep, yep there you go. Actually, let's just send it straight to the person and just do a Zoom Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we got Memorial Day coming up this weekend, and it's... I know, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was I was ready, man. You know, I always have my annual Memorial Day cookout here at the house, man. Haven't had it in a while. My AC's fixed now, so I don't hear any shit from Jacob. It was gonna be cool. Everything was good. The AC always yeah. breaks the day before. That shit was not fixed. Yeah. It's always gonna break. Uh, oh, story inside is the worst. <laughs> Duval loves Duval loves to throw a party and then be like, "Oh, my AC broke yesterday. Sorry, it's 87 and a half degrees in here." But, you know, just stand outside. Well, Duvall, it's 93 degrees outside. I don't know what I can do. Listen, man, I, I, I got it fixed. I got a brand new unit, man. So it was not going to break down. One, thing, man. I, yeah. One time, Duvall had us going up into his attic, scooping water buckets out of his AC broke unit at yes, the party. The only reason he threw the party was so we could do his own work for him, man. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll get out of here. Appreciate it, Luke. Appreciate it, Corey. Jeeves, okay. Duval, and uh, Duval. How do we? Uh, how do we end the podcast? Peace.